please join in hymn number 310, Hail Redeemer, King Divine. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who as an example of humility for the human race to follow, caused our Saviour to take flesh and submit to the cross, graciously grant that we may heed his lesson of patient suffering and so merit a share in his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. reading from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord has given me a disciple's tongue so that I may know how to reply to the wearied. He provides me with speech. Each morning he wakes me to hear, to listen like a disciple. The Lord has opened my ear. For my part, I made no resistance. Neither did I turn away. I offered my back to those who struck me, my cheeks to those who tore at my beard. I did not cover my face against insult and spittle. The Lord comes to my help so that I am untouched 
by the insults. So, too, I set my face like flint. I know I shall not be shamed. The word of the Lord. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All who see me deride me, they curl their lips, they toss their heads. He trusted in the Lord, let him save him. Let him release him if this is his friend. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Many dogs have surrounded me. A band of the wicked beset me. Bitter holes in my hands and my feet. I can count every one of my bones. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They divide my clothing among them. They cast lots for my robe. Oh Lord, do not leave me alone. My strength make haste to help me. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I will tell of your name to my people and praise you where they are assembled. You who fear the Lord, give him praise. All children of Jacob, give him glory. Revere him, children of Israel. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. His state was divine, yet Christ Jesus did not cling to his equality with God, but emptied himself to assume the condition of a slave and became as men are. And being as all men are, he was humbler yet, even to accepting death, death on a cross. But God raised him high and gave him the name which is above all other names, so that all beings in the heavens, on earth, and in the underworld should bend the knee at the name of Jesus, and that every tongue should acclaim Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ was humbler yet, accepting death, death on a cross. A 
but God raised him high and gave him the name which is above all names. Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ According to Luke When the hour came, Jesus took his place at table, and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have longed to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, because I tell you I shall not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then taking a cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and share it among you, because from now on I tell you I shall not drink wine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took some bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which will be given for you. Do this as a memorial of me. He did the same with the cup after supper, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which will be poured out for you. And yet, here with me on the table is the hand of the man who betrays me, The Son of Man does indeed go to his fate, even as it has been decreed. But alas for that man by whom he is betrayed. And then they began to ask one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this thing. A dispute arose also between them about which should be reckoned the greatest. But he said to them, Among pagans it is the kings who lord it over them, And those who have authority over them are given the title benefactor. This must not happen with you. No, the greatest among you must behave as if they were the youngest, the leader as if they were the one who serves. For who is the greater, the one at table or the one who serves? The one at table, surely. Yet here am I among you as one who serves. You are the ones who have stood by me faithfully in my trials, And now I confer a kingdom on you, just as my father conferred one on me. You will eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones to judge the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan, you must know, has got his wish to sift you all like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And once you have recovered, you in your turn must strengthen your brothers and sisters. He answered, Lord, I would be ready to go to prison with you and to death. Jesus replied, I tell you, Peter, by the time the cock crows today, you will have denied three times that you know me. He said to them, When I sent you out without purse or haversack or sandals, were you short of anything? They answered, No. He said to them, But now if you have a purse, take it. And if you have a haversack, do the same. And if you have no sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Because I tell you, these words of scripture have to be fulfilled in me. He let himself be taken for a criminal. Yes, what scripture says about me is even now reaching its fulfillment. They said, Lord, there are two swords here now. He said to them, That is enough. He then left the upper room to make his way as usual to the Mount of Olives, with the disciples following. 
When they reached the place, he said to them, Pray not to be put to the test. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, let your will be done, not mine. Then an angel appeared to him, coming from heaven to give him strength. In his anguish, he prayed even more earnestly, and his sweat fell to the ground like the drops of blood. When he rose from prayer, he went to the disciples and found them sleeping for, for sheer grief. He said to them, Why are you asleep? Get up and pray not to be put to the test. He was still speaking when a number of men appeared, and at the head of them the man called Judas, one of the twelve, who went up to Jesus to kiss him. Jesus said, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? His followers, seeing what was happening, said, Lord, shall we use our swords? And one of them struck out at the highest priest's servant and cut off his right ear. But at this Jesus spoke, Leave off, that will do. And touching the man's ear, he healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the chief priests and captains of the temple guard and elders who had come, who had come for him. He said, Am I a brigand that you had to set out with swords and clubs? When I was among you in the temple day after day, you never moved to lay a hand on me. But this is your hour, and this is the reign of darkness. They seized him then and led him away, and they took him to the high priest's house. Peter followed at a distance. They had lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard, and Peter sat down among them. And as he was sitting there by the blaze, a servant girl saw him, peered at him and said, This person was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. Shortly afterwards, someone else saw him and said, You are another of them. But Peter replied, I am not, my friend. But an hour later, another man insisted, saying, This fellow was certainly with him. Why, he is a Galilean. Peter said, My friend, I do not know what you are talking about. At that instant, while they were still speaking, the cock crew, and the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, and Peter remembered what the Lord had said to him. Before the cock crows today, you will have disowned me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Meanwhile, the men who had guarded Jesus were mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and questioned him, saying, Play the prophet. Who hit you then? And they continued heaping insults on him. When day broke, there was a meeting of the elders of the people, attended by the chief priests and scribes. He was brought before their council, and they said to him, If you are the Christ, tell us. He replied, If I tell you, you will not believe me, and if I question you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, So, you are the Son of God then? He answered, It's you who say I am. They said, What need of witnesses have we now? We have heard it for ourselves from his own lips. The whole assembly then rose 
and brought him before Pilate. They began their accusations by saying, We found this man inciting our people to revolt, opposing payment of tribute to Caesar and claiming to be Christ, a king. Pilate put to him this question, Are you the king of the Jews? He replied, It is you who say it. Pilate then said to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no case against this man. But they persisted. He is inflaming the people with his teaching all over Judea. It has come all the way here from Galilee, where he started, down to here. When Pilate heard this, he asked if the man were a Galilean, and finding (coughs) that he came under Herod's jurisdiction, he passed him over to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Herod was delighted to see Jesus. He had heard about him and had been wanting for a long time to set eyes on him. Moreover, he was hoping to see some miracle work by him. So he questioned him at some length, but without getting any reply. Meanwhile, the chief priests and the scribes were there, violently pressing their accusations. Then Herod, together with his guards, treated him with contempt and made fun of him. He put a rich cloak on him and sent him back to Pilate. And though on him Herod and Pilate had been enemies before, they were reconciled that same day. Pilate then summoned the chief priests and the the leading men and the people, he said. You brought this man before me as a political agitator. Now I have gone into the matter myself in your presence and found no case against him. Nor has Herod either, since he has sent him back to us. As you can see, the man has done nothing that deserves death. So I shall have him flogged and then let him go. But as one man beheld, away with him, give us Barabbas. This man had been thrown into prison for causing a riot in the city and for murder. Pilate was anxious to set Jesus free and addressed him again, but they shouted back, Crucify him, crucify him. And for the third time he spoke to them, Why? What harm has this man done? I have found no case against him that deserves death, so I shall have him punished and then let him go. But they kept on shouting at the top of their voices, demanding that he should be crucified. And there were shouts, and their shouts were growing louder. Pilate then gave his verdict. Their demand was to be granted. He released the man they asked for, who had been in prison for rioting and murder, and handed Jesus over to them, to deal with as they pleased. As they were leading him away, they seized on a man, Simon from Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and made him shoulder the cross and carry it behind Jesus. Large numbers of people followed him, and and of women too, who mourned and lamented for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, 
daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, weep rather for yourselves and for your children. For the day will come when surely people will say, happy are those who are barren, the wombs have never borne, the breasts have never suckled. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and the hills cover us. For if men use the green wood like this, what will happen when it is dry? Now with him they were also leading out two other criminals to be executed. When they reached the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, and the two criminals also, one on the right, the other on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they do not know what they are doing. Then they cast locks to shear out his clothing. The people stayed there watching him. As for the leaders, they jeered at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him too, and when they approached to offer him vinegar, they said, If you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription, This is the King of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging there abused him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us as well. But the other spoke up and rebuked him. Have you no fear of God at all? You got the same sentence as he did, but in our case, we deserved it. We are paying for what we did, but this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Indeed, I promise you today you will be with me in paradise. It is now about the sixth hour and the sun eclipsed. A darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. The veil of the temple was torn right down the middle, and when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. With these words, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he gave praise to God and said, This was a great and good man. And when all the people who had gathered for the spectacle saw what had happened, they went home beating their breasts. All his friends stood at a distance, so also did the woman who had accompanied him from Galilee, and they saw all this happen. Then a member of the council arrived, an upright and virtuous man named Joseph. He had not consented to what the others had planned to carry out. He had not consented to what the others had planned and carried out. He came from Arimathea, a Jewish town, and he lived in the hope of seeing the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. 
He then took it down, wrapped it in a shroud, and put him in a tomb, which was hewn in stone, in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was imminent. Meanwhile, the women who had come from Galilee with Jesus were following behind. They took note of the tomb and of the position of the body. They then returned and prepared spices and ointments, and on the Sabbath day they rested as the law required. Please be seated. Today on Palm Sunday, we see Jesus as we don't see him in other parts of the gospel. In other parts of the gospel, we see Jesus as teacher, answering the questions of those who come to him. In other occasions, we see him teaching parables. Maybe in other occasions, we see him uh, with miracles. People hang on his words. People want to be his friends and also his disciples. But everything in what we've listened to today kind of changes. The same crowd who follow him to the gates of Jerusalem now turn on him. The same people who asked him questions no longer wish to listen to him. And the many people that wish to be his friends no longer wish to be his friends or to go with him. He's betrayed, of course, by, to his enemies by his apostle. He's denied three times by the one that he calls Peter. He's taken before Pilate and Herod as a prisoner, and the answer to the questions, his own life depends. He's abused by the soldiers and by the crowd, and he is found guilty of a crime in which he is forced to carry the cross and die on this cross. We see him in these moments as we never see him before in the gospel. In other places, he is in command. Uh, he sets the pace. He's the one who leads. But here now, it's as if he becomes the lowest. He becomes the one who is abandoned the one who is condemned prisoner, the one who is the vilified criminal, the man forced to carry the instrument of his own death through the crowds who all wished to do him harm. There could never be then a greater fall from grace than what we listen to in the Gospel of Palm Sunday. From this triumphal entry into Jerusalem, we come now to the Last Supper, to the Garden of Gethsemane, to Judas's betrayal, to his trial, to carrying the cross, and to his death on the cross. The contrast between what previously happens and now couldn't be greater. But of course, all of what we're listening to is at the very heart of God's plan, that it should be also, that he should be rejected, that he should be abandoned, that he should receive this mistreatment, 
and that he should die in such ignominious way. Somehow this descent itself embraces everything, gathers up everything, embraces everything, all the weakness, all the tragedy, all the sinfulness of human existence, and redeems it on the cross. In his passion, our Lord himself gathers up all the tears of humanity. In his passion, he gathers up all of the brokenness that is in human existence. In his passion, he gathers up all the darkness of human life and redeems it through the mystery of the cross. As St. Paul himself says in that reading which we've listened to today at Mass, Christ was humbler yet, even to accepting death on a cross. But God raised him high and gave him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For as men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit, was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again in the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Christ was humble yet, even to accepting death, death on the cross. In this week in which we mark Christ's death, we unite our prayers with him as we pray to our Heavenly Father for all our needs. That all who enter this holy week may experience an increase in grace and find a new faith in Jesus who died and rose for us. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For a greater desire to confess our sins and discover again a new way to live. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For a greater appreciation of the Holy Eucharist in our life. In this week, when we will recall the institution of the Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who experience great darkness, that the mystery of the cross may bring them consolation and comfort. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who are unable to be at church in Holy Week because of sickness, that carrying the cross in these days, they may be united with us in our prayer. Lord, hear us. Lord, gracious For all who have died, including Tommy Murray and all whom we have been asked to pray for, Lord, hear us. Lord, 
God raised him high and gave him the name which is above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Heavenly Father, through these days, may we bow in adoration before your Son, and may our tongues always confess that he is Lord. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Join in hymn number 139 as bread, my Lord, comes to me. and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Through the passion of your only begotten Son, O Lord, may our reconciliation with you be near at hand, so that though we do not merit it by our own deeds, yet by the sacrifice made once for all, we may feel already the effects of your mercy. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, 
always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For though innocent, he suffered willingly for sinners and accepted unjust condemnation to save the guilty. His death has washed away our sins and his resurrection has purchased our justification. And so with all the angels we praise you as in joyful celebration we acclaim. gifts we pray by sending down your spirit upon them with the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship. not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. Happy are those who are called to his supper. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word of my soul shall be
Please join in hymn number 267, The Servant King. Not my will 
Let us pray. Nourished with these sacred gifts, we humbly beseech you, O Lord, that just as through the death of your Son you have brought us to hope for what we believe, so by his resurrection you may lead us where you will call. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Please be seated just for a moment. Just before you leave Mass, just want to encourage you to take part in the events of Holy Week. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, we have confessions here in the parish, so I encourage you to make confession before, uh, obviously, Easter comes. Uh, there'll be stations of the cross uh, through the week. Uh, can I direct you especially to Monday, where other Christian churches will be joining us uh, for the stations of the cross, which is a uh, kind of significant thing in itself. So hopefully you'll be here in, many, in good numbers to welcome all of those people that come uh, to join us. Uh, on Wednesday evening, uh, our own uh, musicians are are having a kind of musical meditation on Holy Week, uh, so hopefully you'll join us again uh, for that on Wednesday evening. Um, the last few days of Holy Week are the most important, uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and uh, obviously the Easter Vigil. Uh, I encourage you, if you can, to attend all of these different services, uh, Holy Thursday, uh, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil. Uh, I know that we make a big effort to go to Good Friday, but uh, actually the whole three of them are, are meant to be a kind of unity in which we enter into that kind of mystery of Christ's uh, passion, his death and his resurrection. So please uh, make every effort that you can to attend those different kind of services, those different services that we have here in the parish. Uh, just to remind you also that uh, Good Friday is a day of fast and abstinence, and also on Good Friday there's a special collection for the holy places. Please uh, now stand for the final blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Please join in our final hymn, number 731, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. <laughs>